On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, an exposed dashboard screen may give us an idea as to Model 3's top-end range. Tesla may be launching their own music streaming service. A Model S sets a new world record for furthest distance traveled on a single charge and much, much more this week. Greetings, friends. Ryan McCaffrey back with you, as always, for episode number 99 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast for June 25th, 2017. Recording at the normal time. Fortunately, it didn't seem like I missed too much last week from when I let you know I had to record a little early. I had a big convention in Los uh, Angeles, as I had mentioned, and then went ahead and uh, did Disneyland with the family on the back of that. The parents flew in, the wife and daughter flew in. Uh, my sister and her husband flew in, so it was a really, really great time. I, I, Man, I just adore Disneyland. I can sort of just unplug from everything in the real world and just, just enjoy the fun there, just the rides and the atmosphere. I absolutely love it. If you've never been, boy, I could not recommend it more. And uh, if you have, then you, you uh, probably know what I'm talking about. But anyway, we have got a whole lot to get to in the world of Tesla this week. Uh, quite a few stories. I want to start first with this week's Model 3 in the Wild update. And it's uh, something of a good one. We got a really good close-up, high-resolution photographic look at the Aero wheels. And there's something about them. There's uh, something going on with these. In fact, I'm going to let Jameson from Sacramento explain. He called into the Ride the Lightning hotline with uh, a perfect setup for what I wanted to talk about here. So, Jameson, take it away. Hi, Ryan. This is uh, Jameson from Sacramento. I was just um, listening to your last show and uh, also looking at the pictures of the recent release candidates for the Model 3 out there. And uh, You were saying the last show, you know, we've seen the three wheels, uh, the 19-inch turbines, uh, the aero wheels, and then what you call the asterisk wheels. Um, and I was actually looking at them a little closer this week and noticed um, the aero wheels have this kind of shiny rim on the outside, and the Asterix wheels seem like they have this lip, almost like there's a cover that's supposed to go on the wheels. And, and my current theory is that those two wheels are one in the same. The Asterix wheels are just the release candidates driving around without the cover, and the aero wheels are just a cover on top of the Asterix wheels. So, just my theory. Um, we'll see, find out soon if uh, I'm correct. Love the podcast. Thanks. Jameson, I'm really glad you brought this up because I read through an entire gigantic thread on Tesla Motors Club about this where a debate continues to rage. I'm inclined to agree with you. Uh, and if they're standard... They can probably goose the EPA-rated range up a bit on the Model 3. But if they're removable, then it at least gives the owner a choice if they happen to not like them, as, as I don't. And I mean, that the, the per- pervasive reaction, the general reaction I have seen in the Tesla community, uh, which, of course, you know, the, the things I'm reading, which is Tesla Motors Club, Model 3 Owners Club, etc., the, these sort of online outlets... 
you know, it's, we are the, the die hard. We're the hardcore. We're the ones that are going to be a little, a little pickier, I think, in general than, than maybe the, the, uh, the average Model 3 buyer. Mostly uh, unfavorable thoughts about the aero wheels so far. So if they are, in fact, covers and they are, in fact, removable, that's going to be good because uh, we'll all have the choice of whether we, in fact, want them or not. Uh, the fact that Elon Musk also said that the only choices at launch, remember, were gonna be, are going to be paint color and wheel size, that indicates there won't be multiple 18-inch or multiple 19-inch wheels, which lends further support to your theory, Jameson. So uh, T-minus 30 days or so until we know for sure, because, you know, Elon had suggested, I believe it was on the, whatever the last big event was, the Q2 conference call, that the Model 3 delivery event, aka Model 3 unveiling part three, was uh, going to take place in late July. And here we are in late June. I suspect we are probably about T minus 30 days or so until this happens. As for the other Model 3 in the wild thing to talk about this week, uh, that is the fact that we got a very good look at a screen, finally, while the car was plugged in and charging at a supercharger. Uh, most of the other cars, either we've just not you know, the person photographing it hasn't been able to get close enough to get a look at the screen and thus the state of charge, or Tesla employees have in fact taken to covering the screen, whether it's with a jacket or with what appears to be a proprietary, specially designed cover for this explicit purpose. But we have not gotten a good look at the charging screen of the Model 3 until now. That happened this week. And what we see on the screen is the car displaying 95 miles of range available with roughly a third of that meter filled up on the screen, a third of the energy bar filled up on the screen, which as you uh, owners definitely know and the rest of you may know is represented by a, uh, the actual sort of a graphic of the actual skateboard, the actual battery pan in the skateboard in the bottom of the car. So from this, of course, it also shows the rate of charge uh, on, the, on the supercharger. Of course, everybody is trying to extrapolate from this what the car's range is. And we're almost certainly talking about the 75 kilowatt hour car here because that's what's been heavily, heavily rumored to, uh, to be the only launch option for the car. And so as you may expect, the opinions slash guesses on this are all over the map. Uh, some people think it's going to be over 300 miles uh, of, of EPA rated range. Some are at, sitting at 250. Some folks have used Photoshop to actually count pixels in the image and try and work their, their guess, their extrapolation from there. Uh, I, for one, now it's because you can't, you can't use the rate of charge as, as a linear thing because, uh, to predict, to, to try to see what the final, the, the full battery uh, range is because the supercharging rate tapers. The rate of charge doesn't stay constant. So, not on a supercharger anyway. So, uh, I happen to be closer. I, I'm, I'm with Trevor Page on this one. Trevor, of course, friend of the show. He runs the Model 3 Owners Club website. He's 
thinking it's going to be about 270 or so, uh, which sounds about right to me. And you got to figure a 75D, which of course will come later, that'll notch that up to probably around 275, maybe 280. Uh, and I'm th the number I get there is that's based on what the dual motor bump does for you in a Model S 75 versus a 75D. So, I mean, I've said this before, but the other the other reason that I that I'm sort of with that I'm with Trevor here and thinking that 270 is probably sounds about right as opposed to 300 is again be, given the very very clear difference in market positioning that Tesla is trying to do for the 3 versus the S whether you want to call it anti-selling whether you know whatever you want to call it you know that Tesla needs to sell S's and not just have everybody with an S want to bail out and uh, trade their car in for a three or buy a three instead of an S. I really believe, uh, and I, you're certainly welcome to disagree with me, and we'll see where the whole thing nets out, but I really believe that you're going to have to buy a Model S in order to get a Tesla that has over 300 miles of range on it. So with that in mind, 270 feels right to me. It's still a good amount, but if you want that longer range, or maybe you know you just never want to experience range anxiety. I think you're going to need to step. Tesla is going to make it so that you need to step up to the Model S. So we shall see again, probably within about 30 days. Next up this week, the popular tech website Recode is reporting that Tesla may be looking into launching its own music streaming service. Get a load of this. This is from Recode. Music industry sources say the carmaker has had talks with all of the major labels about licensing a proprietary music service that would come bundled with its cars, which already come equipped with a high-tech dashboard and internet connectivity. So uh, what's fascinating about this is, as they often do, Tesla didn't either just decline to issue a statement or deny it or... Uh, try to spin around it. Tesla actually didn't deny the news here, didn't deny this, this uh, rumor. And instead they gave a comment and they said, quote, we believe it's important to have an exceptional in-car experience so our customers can listen to the music they want from whatever source they choose. Uh, our goal is to simply achieve maximum happiness for our customers. So that is very, very much not a denial. That is... It's also, it's not an outright confirmation, but that's a, that's a pretty strong suggestion that yes, they are looking to get into that. Now, if this happens, it's almost certainly, I think, going to be something that Tesla charges for. I suspect you'll get a one to three month free trial when you purchase your car, but then you're going to have to pay a monthly fee, whether just like you do with, uh, you know, with Spotify, if you've got the premium membership there. Uh, I pay, I happily pay $5 a month for my Pandora. Uh, I don't even remember what they call it because I think they've changed the name, but the, you know, I get the ad-free Pandora that gives me unlimited skips. So, uh, and it, the thought occurred to me, I mean, if Tesla moves ahead with this, it's yet another way, and in fact, a, a very un previously unforeseen way, at least for me, that Tesla is vertically integrating, like yet another way that they're deciding, you know what? 
let's just do this ourselves. We think we can do this better and or more efficiently ourselves. I wonder if it's that they're just not keen on paying a licensing fee to get Spotify. I mean, they have Spotify in Europe right now in the, in the Teslas, but Spotify, Pandora, or one of the other established services. So uh, what I would say is I'm very willing to pay for it if it can also come with me out of the car so that if I, you know, I can train it uh, and teach it uh, and, and enjoy it outside of the car, I would be willing to pay five, maybe even 10 bucks a month for it. So we'll see. I mean, this is, this is definitely an interesting new venture for us to keep an eye on with Tesla. Next this week, an update on Tesla versus state car dealerships or car dealership associations or states themselves. First in Michigan, where uh, Tesla has sued the state, claiming that their law there banning direct auto sales is unconstitutional. Electrek noting that Tesla has successfully convinced the judge in the case to force two lawmakers to turn over any communication with car dealer and automaker lobbyists. In other words, if there was any sort of, uh, I don't want to say collusion, but any sort of direct plotting against Tesla rather than crafting a bill that's, you know, more uh, general use, shall we say, if, you know, the, the, that information will now come out in the case. So they're going to have to, these lawmakers will have to produce all third-party communications regarding Tesla and this legislation. Electric notes, uh, fascinatingly here, that the lawmakers targeted by Tesla's subpoenas are Senator Joe Hune and Representative Jason Shepard. And what, what makes uh, he, Mr. Hune in particular interesting is that he is the senator who introduced the amendment that created the ban that uh, kept Tesla out of the state. This was back in 2014. And the, 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 actually the, the punchline here, if you will, is that Mr. Hune's wife, Marsha Hune, is a lobbyist for car dealerships. So nope. No conflict of interest there at all whatsoever. All I can do is sigh. Uh, so I'm glad to see some good news that the judge has, has ordered any, you know, any dirty laundry here is going to get aired. I will, of course, keep you updated as major updates in this case become available. But this is definitely the best, uh, the best step forward for Tesla in the state of Michigan so far. Now, meanwhile, in Arizona, my former home state... A judge has approved a dealer license that the DMV issued to Tesla last year. Uh, via This is uh, the Rose Law Group saying, Thanks to a dealer license granted last year by the Arizona Department of Transportation, Tesla is now availing itself of opportunities that had long been denied it. ADOT granted the license Tesla sought after, uh, af- pardon me, sought after an administrative law judge determined that a law that was widely believed to prohibit it from selling directly to consumers didn't apply to the company. In other words, uh, this law was was not something to be enforced, and Tesla is now legal for full sales in, in Arizona. And they have they have two service centers and a gallery down there. I've been to the gallery, which is in Scottsdale Fashion Square, and I've been to uh, what was the only service center. Elsewhere in Scottsdale with uh, my, my cousin Patrick and his, 
his early Model S. And uh, my cousin Pat, had, he'd let me know there's a, there's apparently a big, big, awesome new facility service center uh, down in Tempe, sort of just straight south down the way. Uh, and those, so those service centers can now sell cars as well as service them. So that is really good news. And I think, you know, this, maybe I'm reaching here, but I was talking about the Model Y factory and how states, you know, who's going to be lining up to try and get that now that Elon has said that Tesla is going to need a second factory to build the Model Y. This certainly does not hurt Arizona's chances, the fact that Tesla can now legally operate uh, in the state of Arizona. So if they want to chase after that Model Y factory, uh, they're, they're going to have a better shot at it for sure. Finally, it is I have, unfortunately have to note that Tesla did suffer a couple of defeats or at least setbacks in Connecticut. Uh, we've been keeping an eye on that one. Texas, I'd already talked about, and most recently, North Carolina, where a bill was simply put off for a while. So no, no movement there, unfortunately. I do think, as I've said many times before, the war will be won battle by battle, meaning state by state. I just think it's it's going to take time, but we're seeing so but good news here on a few fronts. So that is that is excellent. I'm glad to be able to report that. Next this week, we got plenty more to go. Wow, there's a, there's actually a lot more to go this week. Tesla is talking to other companies about opening up the supercharger network. Tesla co-founder J.B. Straubel, uh, I'd mentioned this uh, month or two back that he was going to be the keynote speaker at the Midwest Renewable Energy Association's uh, annual energy fair in Wisconsin. Well, that happened this past weekend. And when uh, talking about Tesla sharing its IP with other automakers, Straubel said, quote, for things like supercharger, we are actively talking to other car makers and we are trying to figure out a structure to work with them. Uh, that's a little surprising to me because just in the sense that you you might remember that this, this came up on the show fairly recently and my speculation at the time, again, very what probably two or three weeks ago, was that I thought Tesla would do it, but probably not for a while while they're still kind of struggling to scale up for Tesla's own vehicles. What with the Model 3 imminent and more and more S's and X's hitting the road every day. So... Um, this is either good news or bad, depending on on your perspective. It's sort of good for the overall our overarching goal of getting more EVs on the road, and and uh, and the of course the transition to sustainable energy. But if you're a Tesla owner, could be some short-term pains if, in fact, any Tesla makes any deals with any other. Uh, electric automakers here. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. Now, I mentioned earlier that I I really like how Tesla often will just address a rumor head on rather than give what a lot of companies do, which is give a PR spin or a no comment. We've got a, another example, the second example this week, in that uh, the rumor was that Tesla was in negotiations with China to build a factory there. Of course, because it's there's there's a extreme economic advantage uh, to building in China that Tesla wouldn't be subject to to import duties or tariffs, uh, and so the the word is that Shanghai was was the site, and there's sort of there's some rumors that the deal's done, but 
Tesla chose to respond to it. They didn't confirm that, but they did say this. Tesla is working to, uh, pardon me, working with the Shanghai municipal government to explore the possibility of establishing a manufacturing facility in the region to serve the Chinese market. As we've said before, we expect to more clearly define our plans for production in China by the end of the year. Tesla is deeply committed to the Chinese market, and we continue to evaluate potential manufacturing sites around the globe to serve the local markets. While we expect most of our production to remain in the U.S., we do need to establish local factories to ensure affordability for the markets they serve." End quote. Uh, this is big, obviously. If this, this is going to happen, it's just a matter of if it's Shanghai or somewhere else in China. It's, but it's, it's big for the company. It's big for shareholders, certainly those of you out there who may be holding Tesla stock. This is nothing but good news as they, you know, try to expand their global footprint. And it's good news for Tesla fans, too. But, you know, the U.S. and China are two of, if not the two, biggest polluters on the planet. So if Tesla can gain a strong foothold in both the United States and hopefully one day China, they, they're really going to one day start to make a difference by getting more electric vehicles on the road. So this is nothing but good news all around. Uh, more good news for everyone except friend of the show, Casey Spencer. You may remember I interviewed Casey, gosh, must have been six months ago now, maybe maybe a little more. It's been a little while. So Casey Spencer, you may remember as the gentleman who held the world record for furthest distance traveled on a single charge in an electric vehicle. Casey took his 85D Model S and went 550 miles. Well, finally, someone, uh, some ones, in this case, two people, have stepped up. Uh, P100D owners Stephen Peters and Jory Cools, they are from Belgium, they managed to get their P100D 560 miles on a single charge, besting Casey by just 10 miles. So this is a, a statement from the blog of the new record holders. They said, our starting point was a 22-kilowatt charger, which would also be our finish to make sure we can get charged up again once we're done with the challenge. From there, we drove a small section of road that led to our main quote-unquote track being a closed 26-kilometer loop. Although it might be more beneficial to keep driving straight and preferably with a tailwind, our approach had the advantage that we could learn from each round. By the time we finished the attempt, we knew perfectly how to take every turn and roundabout to make sure we drove with the least possible consumption. And we also got to compare each lap at different temperatures since we'd be driving through the night and the whole following day. Now, I want to say congratulations to Mr. Peters and Cools. However, with all due respect to those guys, I got to say, I think Casey, his degree of difficulty was much higher. And these guys didn't beat him by much. Casey researched and found actual continuous road to do this on, not a closed loop, and Casey did it by himself as well. No bathroom breaks, no nothing. So I want to just, I, I salute uh, Stephen Peters and Jory Cools, but I, I maintain my salute for Casey Spencer because that's a, it's a, it's a heck of an achievement by all three of them. Elon actually commented on this on Twitter. He uh, quote tweeted the Electrek story on this and then said, over 1,000 kilometers, 
should be possible in a 100D with the right tires. And uh, for those of you in America like me that have no idea what a thousand kilometers is, it's about 621 miles. So these guys, uh, they did 560. So Elon thinks with the non-performance, you know, the, the maximum range Tesla with the right tires that you could do north of 600, well north of 600 miles, according to Elon. So cool stuff there. Always love, love to see Tesla owners seeing what new things they can pull off with these cars. Speaking of Elon Musk, by the way, he made a couple more interesting comments on Twitter over the past week. First, he says, quote, no plans to change 100 kilowatt hour pack tech. You'll never worry about running out of range. Model 3 pack is about cost reduction, not performance. So he's referring there to the fact that the Model 3s use the new 2170 battery cell architecture and that he says the SNX will not be switching to that. So, and honestly, I have to say, I don't understand that. I really don't. The, the only that right way I think it makes sense to me is if, is performance worse on the 2170s? And by performance, I mean the car's quickness. and I mean the performance of the car, not the performance of the cells as far as their longevity and their sort of quality. I'm just talking about can, can the 18650 cells deliver more juice more quickly to get a Model S or a Model X off the line quicker in terms of that kind of performance? So I don't know. It just because if the, if the 2170s reduce cost, why wouldn't Tesla also want to lower their costs on the S and the X? Because then they can either drop the price on those vehicles and sell more of them at lower prices, or more probably, it's just higher profit margin per car and the, the, the company makes a ton more money. So I do not, I have to say, I, I, maybe I'm missing something, but I absolutely do not understand why the S and the X would not transition to the 2170 cells as well as the the model three i don't get it and then the other one the other uh, sort of notable elon tweet from this past week elon was asked can a model three reservation be extended if options needed are not available at launch or will i need to cancel and buy later and he adds hashtag chicago needs all-wheel drive and elon replied simply saying will extend so in other words you don't have to worry about needing to can if you're like me like i am holding out for all wheel drive and hopefully performance we're not if you're, you're we're not going to have to cancel our orders and start over which i didn't expect to but it's good to hear it hear the reassurance from elon and uh by the way i'm quite certain i know I've, i think i've said this before but i'm rather sure that we're going to get estimated delivery windows for those options like all wheel drive and like performance whenever the Model 3 configurator opens up. And then I think if we choose those, as, as I intend to, we'll just be put into queues accordingly, which is exactly how it went with the Model X. As I've said before, if, if you wanted the Model X, particularly the five-seater, or, you know, or if you wanted a, a 90D or a 75D, you, know, you, just, you chose that and then you got put into that queue uh, you know, relative to where other people uh, were that want the same thing. So uh, we'll get some answers soon. That's the good news. Again, T minus 30 days or so. Now, a couple more stories. First up, 
an unfortunate update here. Uh, remember very recently when Tesla said that existing Model S and X owners would get free unlimited lifetime supercharging on any new S or X that they bought? Well, it turns out that this is a limited time offer and a rather, I think, rather limited one at that. It expires at the end of this year, December 31st, 2017. And you know, while, while Tesla never explicitly put a timeline on it, I certainly interpreted it as an offer that did not have an expiration date, and I don't think I was alone in that. So if you've got a Hardware One SRX, and you want to get a Hardware Two car, or maybe you, you're like my cousin Pat and have a what, what the TMC forum folks refer to as a classic Model X that has no hardware, no autopilot hardware, you've got about six months to upgrade and still be grandfathered in on free unlimited lifetime supercharging. And you know, I, I get that Tesla is a business that needs to make money, but man, in the grand scheme of things, if you take your early adopters, which as far as I'm concerned is still every Model S and X owner, and of course all the Roadster owners too, if you let those people continue to have free unlimited lifetime supercharging for as long as they continue to buy one of the company's flagship cars, I'm not talking about stepping down to a Model 3 or a Model Y. Uh, I'm talking about if, if those, those early adopters continue to purchase S's or X's going forward, I think it would have been pretty great to keep them grandfathered in on the unlimited lifetime supercharging. And, it, and I think ultimately would have been pretty inexpensive for that, and a, you know, a rather inexpensive way to thank those people for helping them get the company to where it is today. So I, I got, I'm disappointed in Tesla on this one. You know, I, I, uh, you got to call out the good with the, rather the bad with the good. It can't be all fanboy cheerleading all the time. But I think Tesla is a company that, in my opinion, makes the right decision for the consumer more often than not. But this is one where uh, I am disappointed in them. And I, I hope maybe this will be reversed or, or, uh, at least extended out a good bit farther at some point soon because boy the end of this year is is not a lot of time because even the the earliest model s owner the longest tenured model s owners have only had their cars for five years that's not a lot of time it'd be nice to extend this out at least another five years we'll see you never know wouldn't be the i mean it wouldn't be the first time tesla has reversed course on something or or made a change that benefited the consumer you know so we'll see Finally this week, Daimler. They're throwing a bit of shade Tesla's way with regards to the Tesla Semi, uh, which, by the way, Daimler, they're, they're doing that because Daimler is very much a force in that business today. Uh, this comes via Electrek. Mark Listasella, he is the head of Daimler Trucks in Asia. He doesn't think that Jerome Guillen and Tesla can repeat the success of Daimler's Cascadia, which uh, Elon has sort of directly referenced before, they don't. This Daimler doesn't think that uh, Elon and Tesla can can match that, can match the success of Daimler's own product. He told Business Insider, "Quote in trucks, of course Elon Musk stepping into it, but we don't see him as someone who is threatening us because you need a whole infrastructure." You need dealerships, you need infrastructure, you need maintenance. Now, 
He could have said that exact quote five years ago, which many auto executives more or less did, by the way, and I think he'd have been just as wrong then as he probably is today. I mean, is the Tesla Semi going to succeed? Maybe, maybe not. It's a, it's a market I don't pretend to, uh, to know about or understand a lot of, but you would think that Tesla's rivals would have at least learned to stop writing Tesla off before they have even made something by now. Elon and Tesla have, have earned that much, you would think. So uh, bookmark that. We'll see if Daimler's words, if they end up having to shove their foot in their mouth uh, or, or not. Maybe, who knows? But I, I, I would bet on that, that foot going squarely in that mouth at some point down the line. Uh, oh, you know, actually, I lied. That was not the final story this week because let's end on a happier note. This is what it sounds like when a tiny, adorable kitten gets rescued by Tesla service personnel after somehow this kitten got up into and stuck inside a Model S bumper. So this, this is what that sounds like. This is what that a Model S kitten rescue sounds like. Enjoy that, and I'll be right back with the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Sorry, little buddy. Let go. Let go. Come on. I know. <laughs> Let go. Wow. I'm a feisty guy. Oh, there it is. It's okay. Oh. Jeez. <laughs> If you're like me and have a Tesla reservation, you'd probably love the chance to drive one around for more than just the short test drive that you can get from Tesla. Well, I've got a solution for you. Friend of the show, Joe Edgel, actually rents out Model S and Model X Teslas for as long as you'd like. If you happen to be taking a trip to Washington, D.C. or the Baltimore area, or if you want to drive one so badly you're willing to make a special trip, check out Joe's website, emotion.rentals. If you want, Joe will even deliver the car to you at the airport or your hotel. That's E-M-O-T-I-O-N dot rentals. Now back to the show. It's Ride the Lightning Hotline time where you can call in with your questions, comments, discussion topics. I love it. Got a ton of calls over the last week or two. Uh, Please keep them coming. I love the conversation. And the toll-free number for that is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. Or you can simply record your question on your smartphone voice recorder and email me that file to teslapodcast at gmail.com. But the hotline is nice and easy. And uh, on the hotline's note, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com. To learn more, let's kick it off with our friend Mike in Charlottesville, who uh, has a question about Model 3 crash test data after we just got the X crash test data last week. So, Mike, take it away. Hey, Ryan, this is Mike from Charlottesville again, calling on Father's Day. So first off, I want to start off by wishing you a happy Father's Day. Um, so with Model X finally coming out with their um, crash test data, and of course, no surprise there, it came out perfect. It's the second highest rated 
vehicle for crashes ever tested. Now, the Model 3 is obviously mass-marketed. When do you think we'll see the crash test data for that? Do you think we'll see that before we get our hands on it, or do you think we'll see a similar timeline to the X where it doesn't come out for a few years? Um, I have no doubt that it's going to score extremely high ratings and be extremely safe, but just curious to see when you think that data might come out. Hey, keep doing what you're doing, and thanks. Bye. Great question here, Mike. History tells us that it's probably going to be at least a year, as that's what the case was for both the Model S and the Model X. However, given the higher volume that the Model 3 is going to be produced in, I wonder if that could speed up the NHTSA's pace as far as getting the, the crash testing done. I'm not suggesting that a car's production rate affects how quickly it gets crash tested, but I just don't know. I mean, there is a certain logic to higher volume cars getting crash tested sooner than something like, say, a Model X that has an annual run rate uh, as of last year, anyway, of about 30,000 vehicles compared to, you know, the Model 3 is going to have 10 times that uh, in the not too distant future. So we'll see. But I mean, I think for now, we just have to look at it, uh, look at what the S and the X were, which was a year, give or take. Good call, though. That's a great question. Frank from California is up next. He feels that Tesla is ignoring their primary goal. So let's hear from Frank. Hi, Ryan. This is Frank from California, first-time caller. I'm a huge Tesla fan. However, I feel like everyone is ignoring the main goal, including Tesla, which is to achieve sustainable transport. Sure, you can charge your car through solar, but most people charge at night. Therefore, you would have to use some type of battery like a power pack. However, currently these power packs only support up to 14 kilowatt hours, and they're also super expensive as each one costs $6,200. In other words, if you want to achieve fully sustainable transport, you theoretically have to buy four or five power packs with a solar roof, which is probably at least combined $45,000 just to charge your Tesla 60 to 90 kilowatt hour battery. And that's being friendly. Am I missing something here? If so, please let me know. I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. Thanks. First off, welcome to the show, Frank. Thanks for calling in. Uh, I don't think you're missing anything, but I also don't think Tesla's forgetting their primary mission statement. I mean, yes, full sustainability means going completely off the grid and going renewable with solar power or some other renewable energy source and, you know, and, and a, a, an overnight storage solution like a power wall. But just like it took time, uh, pardon me, it took time for Tesla to succeed as a car company, and mind you, they... <laughs> They still have a long way to go with the Model 3 not even out the door yet. And then, you know, there, some could argue that Tesla is not successful yet because they're not consistently profitable. But uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there for this conversation. I, the, my point is, I think you have to give them time as an energy company as well. They only just acquired SolarCity months ago, and they've just started taking orders for the solar roof tile. So... They have a plan. Let's see if they can execute it. I sure hope so. Next caller is Daniel from Seattle. He has a thought. In fact, uh, the next few calls are about this. Daniel has a thought about the Tesla semi-truck event teaser that Elon dropped on the conference call. So uh, let's hear Daniel's thought on that. Daniel, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. It's Daniel Nelson from uh, Seattle again. I was just calling about the semi uh, little extra tease. I was thinking what would might be really cool is uh, uh, 
you know, camping, camping homes, maybe uh, the semi could use a uh, similar skateboard. I know something I look forward to down in the future is uh, kind of self-driving motorhomes so I could uh, go on a camping trip or whatever or go for a cross-country road trip and tell where to go and go back and take a nap or play video games or you know, socialize with the family or whatever. Anyway, what do you think of the podcast? Thank you. I hadn't even considered that, Daniel, but I think it's a great idea. I could absolutely see the semi-platform being used to do electric motorhomes, particularly after level four, level five self-driving becomes a real thing. In fact, I'll take this a step further with you, my friend. Remember how Elon teased a solar roof for the Model 3 a while back? And uh, it certainly sent me into a tizzy for a brief little while before reality <laughs> calmed me down. But, you know, that, that a solar roof on a car is clearly not happening now. And it's probably not happening anytime soon. But with all of the roof real estate that's on a motorhome and the fact that you're out in the sun all day with it, that could be an ideal place to implement a feature like that to help extend range and or power your video game console, your fridge, or you know whatever else you've got going on in your electric motorhome. So I would love to see that someday. I think that's a fantastic idea. A uh, couple more thoughts from folks on, the, on what Elon was talking about when he said you really ought to come to the, the semi-unveiling in September. Uh, two excellent callers with the same thought here. So I just wanted to call them both and I'll uh, let her play them both. And then I'll respond to them. Ramey from the Netherlands, who we haven't heard from in a little while, but he's a, he's a regular. And Jerome from Lakeport, California, both had the same thought here. Great minds thinking alike. So gentlemen, what are you thinking? Hi, Ryan. This is Ramey, your friend from the Netherlands. I wanted to chime in on the one more thing uh, with the uh, semi-truck unveiling. I have another um, theory of what could be coming. Uh, I think uh, Elon really wants to emphasize on the fact that the semi-truck is really heavy-duty. And what better solution to showcase this uh, is to transport a SpaceX rocket. I mean, if the Tesla semi-truck would come in to the show with a very big SpaceX rocket like a Falcon 9, a Falcon Heavy, or even an international transport system, the ITS, the big one for Mars, that would be big news for everyone. And it would show that it is capable of doing the heaviest tasks that any truck could do. I mean, is there anything bigger that has to be transported than a rocket? I'm uh, curious of your thoughts about this. Hope to hear you uh, listen to your show every week. And thank you for your podcast. Bye-bye. Hey, Ryan. Great show. I uh, have thought about this a lot, and I've decided that the Tesla Semi reveal is going to have a trailer full of Model 3s for delivery. That's that's going to be what the whole emphasis is for getting people uh, energetic and surprised and thrilled for what Tesla is doing in the semi world. He'll also probably use it to deliver the rockets for SpaceX. I think that's just a given. Keep up the good work. Thanks. So I, I love where your mind is at on this one, gentlemen, but 
the what I keep what I'm wondering here is is that even physically possible? Because a Falcon 9 rocket is ginormous. I think I think they use much larger things than semi trucks to move them. So I, I mean I but I love the idea of the the surprise being something from SpaceX in order to show how heavy duty the thing is. So I, I love that idea and uh I guess we'll find out in about three months because uh, remember the the date had leaked out for that or te- it's like Tesla posted a date before altering the page to just have it say September. So that should be coming up in about exactly three months time. Final call this week is from our friend Joe Edgel, who uh, we, we all know. He wonders about rear wheel drive and why why the Model 3 isn't going front wheel drive. Joe, take it away. Hi, Ryan. Joe Edgel from Emotion Rentals here. I got to thinking about the whole single-motor, dual-motor issue on the Model 3, and I thought I'd bounce something off you and your listeners. Everybody knows that front-wheel drive vehicles handle so much better in the snow and in the rain, and most of the manufacturers have gone to front-wheel drive vehicles, yet Tesla insists on having a rear-wheel drive vehicle, and in particular, the Model 3s, as I understand it, are going to be released with rear-wheel drive only instead of all-wheel drive. So what I'm trying to figure out is why Tesla, since they're producing a mass-market car and it's a whole new platform, that they don't just start with a front-wheel drive vehicle and then go to an all-wheel drive vehicle and just forget about the rear-wheel drive vehicle altogether. If you have any thoughts on that or your listeners have any thoughts, I would certainly love to hear them. Thanks for the great show. Well, I've read a bunch of threads about this. There are pros and cons to both configurations, both front-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive. Some people prefer one, some people prefer the other. Elon and Tesla clearly have their preference for rear-wheel drive, uh, given that's what's in the S and that's what's going to be in the 3. Now, I can't, I can't recall them ever definitively stating why they prefer rear-wheel drive, uh, although stay tuned in just a moment, but... If, you know, if anyone has seen any sort of formal statement from Tesla on that, please forward it my way. But the one thing I will say is that if you remember, Teslas, unlike most internal combustion engine cars, have near perfect 50-50 weight distribution front and back. ICEs don't because of that big old engine block that's either in the front or occasionally, depending on the car, in the back. So my suspicion, my guess would be that... uh, it might negate some of the debate when we're dealing with Teslas of, of you know, what's better, front-wheel drive or rear-wheel drive. In fact, uh, what I was alluding to a moment ago is I, since, since I listened to this call initially, uh, Elon actually commented on this very topic on Twitter, and he said, quote, rear-wheel drive with electric is really good in snow, assuming all weather or winter tires, as traction control is far more precise. So... Uh, there you go. Elon prefers rear-wheel drive, saying that it's actually excellent in the snow. I, I presume he prefers it in an electric vehicle to front-wheel drive. Uh, good stuff from Joe. Good stuff from everybody. Thank you all so much for your calls. I'm going to have, let's see here. I think next. I'm aiming next weekend to have the next edition of the Patreon-exclusive bonus show, which is where all the fantastic calls that I can't quite get to on the regular weekly show 
go. In fact, I've already got a, a bunch queued up and ready to go. So uh, if you're a supporter on Patreon, look for that hopefully next weekend. I mean, yeah, it's a holiday weekend and I'm not going anywhere, so I will look to get that done. And if you're not a Patreon supporter, maybe uh, check into that. Maybe you'd, you'd uh, like to get that bonus episode and some of the other the other little perks I've got going on on there. Anyway, uh, call in if you would like, if you've got a question, a comment, a discussion topic, you want to reply, uh, respond to another caller that you've heard today, maybe. The toll-free number to dial in on the Ride the Lightning hotline is one 989 8752 or just record something on your smartphone and email me the file teslapodcast at gmail.com be right back with a few parting thoughts for you right after this all right abstractocean.com has an excellent selection of tesla accessories for you and your car if you uh, want to take a look, peruse what they've got over there, and if there's something you want to throw in your cart and buy, Abstract Ocean has kindly offered, they've, they've just continued their offer of a 20% discount off of your order for listeners of this show. So just use the coupon code RTLPODCAST as all one word. Use that code at checkout to get 20% off of your order. Uh, the referral code, if you're buying a Tesla... Uh, this is the last week of the current referral program, and I think we've, uh, and this'll, so this will be it for Jeff's referral code, so please feel free to use that in the next week if you are interested, uh, and then otherwise, I would open it up to other listeners, assuming that Tesla starts up another referral program uh, at, at, at the beginning of July. I, uh, I ask, you know, maybe we can come up with a... Uh, I mean, I really don't want anything except the, the lottery ticket's chance to win the car. That's really all I'm after, the, the, the P100D that they'll raffle off at the end, if, again, if they keep it the same, which they, that's the way it's been in every other uh, Tesla raffle, or rather not raffle, every other uh, referral code uh, period that they've, that they've had. So if you would like me to use your referral code and you are willing to... Give the car to me, minus, of course, taxes and, <laughs> you know, no, no out-of-pocket to you. But if you're willing to, uh, to, to send the car my way, should, should you happen to win it in the, the lottery's chance, uh, let me know. Just email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com, and I will uh, we'll choose someone new. And I, I thank you for your consideration on that because, as I've said, that's... It's uh, I have zero chance right now of ever owning a P100D or, quite frankly, an S or an X that's that's uh, you know of uh, that's really of any of any substance. So this uh, the referral program and the lottery the lottery tickets chance of of that is uh, is all I've got, and that's I'll take it. You know I will take it. I'm beggars can't be choosers. Patreon. I want to thank the Patreon producers. Uh, who these are the kind folks supporting me at the twenty dollar or higher level each and every month? Those kind folks: Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, John Waltower, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, Alexi Heft, David Kittle, Lisa Kaz, Michael Oprey, Logan Willis, Matthew Para, Michael Lester, John E. Ford, Robert Miracle. Kyle Stover, Vince Vaughn, John Lasher, David Vakil, Howard, uh, 
pardon me, Harold Plug, sorry about that, Harold, Jason Chalukas, and Charlie Payne. Thank you all so, so much. If you uh, see it, see fit to consider supporting me on Patreon for the uh, time, energy, and effort that goes into this podcast, please just take a look at the Patreon page. That's all I ask. Patreon.com slash Tesla Podcast. And Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Oh, and I just realized I forgot to give Jeff's referral code earlier for the, the last week of that. It's ts.la slash Jeff2311. That's Jeff spelled J-E-F-F. You just punch that into your browser uh, or t- or take that code to your uh, Tesla store where the, the sales advisors can help you out and, and get that $1,000 off of your order. I think that about wraps it up. Ah, yes, follow me on Twitter, DMC underscore Ryan. You can email me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to this podcast if you don't already. We're on pretty much, I'm on pretty much every major uh, podcast service, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, which of course TuneIn is in your Tesla if you're a Tesla owner, so find me on there. Or on teslapodcast.libsyn.com for individual MP3 downloads, listens, or the RSS feed can be found there as well. I want to say happy electric motoring to everybody. July is going to be an incredible month of Tesla news because the Model 3 is coming. It's happening. This is the month we've been waiting for for years. Uh, probably not many of us that list, that are listening including myself, are going to get our cars in July, but this is it. I mean, it it is happening. It's going to be an exciting month. I uh, hope to be at the Model 3 delivery event. Uh, I think I've got a a pretty good shot at it, so I will do my best. I'll be uh, reporting from there and giving the full impressions from the event should I be fortunate enough to to, uh, be invited to it, but we shall see. So July is going to be awesome. Let's enjoy it together, and I will see you all next week.